0: Ad Astra Abasosk, and welcome to the episode.
1: I'm Layla, and I'm the spot behind the docks where al suggests we should meet him.
0: And I'm Monica, and I'm the cafe where you first meet him. Today's
1: commissions include a full recap of the Archon quest so far, excitement for the new banners, and our academia sonas. talk about the beginnings of the archon quest
0: we haven't talked about any of it have we because we were both sort of doing it at different paces and like i wanted you to do the the time loop one first or did we talk about that on the podcast already
1: that's a great question
0: i am going into the show notes (laughs) Layla is looking concerned at the screen however it is her turn to edit so this is a problem for her to deal with when she gets back
1: it doesn't look like we talked about it. We can talk about the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. We start at the very fucking beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go. Part one. Do you even remember the part, the first part, Act one? I do. It's when we meet Tainari and we meet Cole, and she has her Kole. very spooky, very interesting chronic illness. Uh, chronic. No, not chronic illness. Terminal illness. Yes. Oh well, yeah.
1: It's it's so have had you read the webtoon before? Because I knew about it from the webtoon.
0: Uh I did know that it was like I guess discussed in the webtoon, but I haven't watched I haven't read it yet.
1: I haven't watched with your eyes. I guess that's how watching works.
0: <laughs> I haven't watched the words.
1: So yeah, when, when we get introduced to Tainari and Cole, I was like, wow this is so oh it's sad immediately right off the bat
0: she's dying yeah and she's
1: not literally dying but like kind of to be
0: honest i i, w- I was very like i was like what a twist because i hadn't read the web comic mm-hmm. um when she was like when she was like traveler piebot i have a secret to tell you i was gonna be like oh she like hates us.
1: she's evil <laughs> she's the fatui harbinger
0: her secret is that she just, like, uh isn't ready to be her bestie, or she hates Mondstadt, something really petty, and then she was like, my whole last life, I've had this illness, and I was like, oh my god, and Genshin yeah, Impact.
1: It's, um, it's interesting... I'm deviating from the Archon quest immediately as we start talking about it. But if you have Kolem, she has a voice line about, you know, like the doctor who treated her for her Elazar. And um, yeah, it's so sad. It him. The voice line is just so sad. She's like, at first, I was like, how come nobody's coming to save me? And I went from hating him to, like, hating everybody in the world because what did I do to deserve this? And I was like, oh, oh, my God.
0: That is... A lot darker than the conversation you have in the Archon quest. She does. She have a hangout yet? I'd be very excited for I her. I don't think hangout. so. Yeah, I feel like her hangout would be really interesting. Um. Okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> uh, you talk to Tainari. He gets like summons to come back to the Academia, and he's like, "No, thank you." But the traveler and Paimon go because we're like we're like looking f- to talk to this new this god we want to talk to the archon of the area we go to sumeru city it's very cool we've talked about our first impressions um of that region i think a few episodes ago uh what happens after that oh they oh, 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 oh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: no feel free to take it well off i was gonna
1: here. say they send us to port ormos but i can't remember why
0: I just remembered why, um, because we're, we're looking to gain an audience with this God, um, who we don't know yet. And, um, someone, I don't quite remember who is like, oh, I heard that academia is looking for this item in port. How do you say it? Ormos? Uh, And so we're like, okay, if we get that, that'll be, like, enough to, like, get the- Oh,
1: like a bargaining chip. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, to get into the, like, academia and of this god, and we'll get an audience. Do you want to take it over from here? Because I feel like you're probably very well versed with the uh, Port Ormos section.
1: Yeah, I wonder why. Um, We get to Port Ormos, and we're, like, eavesdropping on a bunch of people in a cafe. And then, as per usual, Paimon gets us in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, and um
0: she doesn't mean it paimon
1: no i do paimon's really rude in sumeru i have thoughts about that and we are about to get into a pickle when out of nowhere dendro jongli walks in and <laughs> smooths everything over for us by God, it's so accurate being aggressive but verbally and so he he like barely says anything to us and then leaves after like stopping the Aramites who were gonna yell at us or whatever and then we run back into him and we're like oh we want to talk to you and so he goes meet me behind the docks and immediately I was like he's gonna kidnap us or if this were my version of Genshin, he's gonna do the like I think it's called the Kabe Don thing with the (laughs) arms
0: Against the yeah, bosses. Sh- oh, 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 oh! I was gonna Google it, but I was scared. But now that you've explained it, it- yeah, okay. Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> Moving on. High yeah, thumb
1: is like, come meet me in this secluded location, and I was like, for what? And he was like, so the enemies can't hear us, which kind of ruined the fantasy. But he did the second best thing that could happen in Genshin, according to my thoughts, which is give us unlimited access to his wallets. <laughs> And he was like, go do this thing for me. Here's all of my money.
0: And then we go find Dory.
1: Um, Because Dory's selling some contraband
0: stuff. Yeah. Dory's sort of, like, role in the story was, for some reason, not what I was expecting when I saw her character sprite. But it it was very... I thought that part was really fun where you um, have to, like, say all the correct slang. And then they lead you on a wild goose chase... Um, i almost said duck hunt and i it took me like one or two tries before i was like oh i actually have to read the thing they gave me um i was just blindly guessing the first two times like how was i supposed to know this and then i was like mm, yes reading is a skill that i have in real life that i can use for Genshin impact yeah i i remembered that you
1: could read because there's a question in azuma where you're like helping the maiden of the narukami shrine and you have to befriend the Fatui spies for a little bit, and you have to remember the Fatui oh, code. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't realize. So I realized that you had to read, but I didn't realize you could reopen the quest item, and so I forgot to screenshot it because I play my iPad. And so I Googled it, and then they went, yeah, thanks for Googling this. Uh, you know you could have just reopened it in your inventory, though. <laughs> they like, just
0: said that in the walkthrough? That's rough. Basically,
1: they were like, in case you've lost track of it in your inventory, here it is.
0: Damn, bro. Well, you eventually acquire the, like, like you, you acquire Dory's trust. You find out from her about an auction to get like the item that the academia is interested in, which is a knowledge capsule that like supposedly has divine knowledge. Um, My memory gets a little hazy here. I'm not looking at notes. I don't know if you are, but what I remember is that she tells you who got it um, and it's the Scarlet King faction you have an altercation with the Scarlet King faction that's like in the area. And, um, the perception from the traveler is that like the, the local police, like the local authorities confiscate the, um, the knowledge capsule, but then the camera sort of turns around pans out and we see that, um, Ya boy. I'll hide them. The camera pans out and it turns out I haytham actually like nicked it from the authorities as they were leaving. Um we've also No, he had it the whole time. The whole time.
1: Oh, yeah. Basically, uh yeah, Al haytham has that cool cutscene with where he's like dodging all the attacks from the Aramite guy and then he like karate chops the guy's Akasha turtle out of his head or whatever and so he's fine and he says like I'm gonna give the knowledge capsule back to the authorities and then he just like slips it in his pocket <laughs> and so I think the idea was like them establishing you can't trust this guy but unfortunately they made him hot so I don't care <laughs> I was like I trust him he gave me money I'm good. <laughs> um but then you go back to Sumera City and then the real plot
0: begins Bro, bro the Act 2? Crazy. So crazy. Um, It's basically like, I mean, not basically. It is like a Groundhog's Day plot. Um, And I I heard on the interwebs that not everyone was super, like, pleased by how, like, story-driven it was and how, like, you're basically in the same areas the whole time. But I loved it. I thought, like, I mean, kind of by necessity, it, like, started a little slow, but it picked up. And, um, I thought like all of the characters involved were super charming but I thought meeting Nahida was really fun um and uh I thought it was a really fun like I guess like twist for Genshin like they haven't it, it kind of like follows the like theme of this area which is that it's all super sci-fi but it's still very like grounded fantasy. Yeah,
1: I think I feel like we talked about this maybe a little bit in the last podcast cuz I remember saying the detective portion where they were like make conclusions out of these two separate statements i was so bad at it (laughs) i thought i was good because like the first one was easy and then from that point on it was just trial and error until the game let me go
0: literally same here same here
1: um
0: yeah i thought that was super cool
1: um i thought Genshin has done a pretty good job so far of being like you're gonna be sad and emotional about these characters you've just met but like we're not gonna go ahead and kill them
0: (laughs) basically oh yeah the fake out yeah
1: they did that with Junior Zod, and then they did it also with the freaking, uh, like, oh, I don't remember his name, in Inazuma, he was one of the resistance guys oh, yeah, who, yeah, like, yeah. started on the same day as him. I don't quite remember his name, but he gets to the delusion, you think he's going to die, and then they're like,
0: he's okay, <laughs> but you've never seen him again. Yeah, yet. it's a kid's game for kids. Yeah, at first I was like, they psyched me out, I was so emo over nothing, and then I was like, no, I'm relieved that it's this way, I... I'm not so hardcore that I'm like, I need these characters to actually die.
1: Listen, the only death so far, Senora. <laughs> well. That's where we're leaving it.
0: Anyways. And even then, we can see her every week. True. Multiple times if you want. If you really want. <laughs> um, okay. And that brings us to the update. Do you want to dive into it? You were the one who like played it first, and you were like, Monica, you have to play this before the podcast. We have to talk about it.
1: I was yelling and screaming about it. So, basically the end of the end of act 2, they're like, but maybe the sages are the bad guys. And you go, "Hmm. I don't know who these are." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll find out. So what I was gonna say when we first started, and then I, I, you pointed out we hadn't talked about the first part. Um, the first part of Act Three, you go talk to Catherine, and you realize that Catherine is Nahida, which blah, blah blah, and then Catherine leaves because Nahida's like, let's go somewhere else. And then I kept fucking forgetting that and going to turn in my commissions in Sumeru and not being able to because Catherine is not at the stand. Wait, while really? that quest is active
0: i had no idea
1: and then having to like begrudgingly teleport to leeway <laughs> to <laughs> my so that was one thing um but yeah you meet Nahida, and she's like we're going to get to the bottom of this by reaching someone who's very close to the sages um so that she can realize the sages are emotionally manipulating everyone and traveler goes oh my god how are we gonna do that and nahita goes by emotionally manipulating oh, right
0: right 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 right. i I haven't talked to anyone about this except for i guess you now but iron ball is playing it i was like we kind of suck i kind of don't hey, traveler like got so
1: into it she got yeah, so into it yeah
0: it feels oh, that- not to make it a gender thing it felt worse because i play as like male traveler and i was like he's being real harsh on this randomly oh that's fair
1: that's fair so basically we like <clears throat> manipulate this girl into feeling really bad about how she abandoned her homeland to like study with the academics
0: which listen I kind of did too if you think about
1: it (laughs) what is college if not an abandonment of your homeland
0: when you go to college outside of your hometown do you not feel as if you've abandoned your homeland
1: when you go to college outside of your home continent
0: oh it's true (laughs) (laughs) um
1: but TLDR she's like okay you've convinced me via weird means I will help you come to the academia Uh, like, this evening, and I'll hand you this important paperwork. And then you show up to the academia with Nahida as Catherine. (laughs) Kath...nahida. (laughs) Nahathrin? Kathida. And uh, millions of people are there for some reason, clapping.
0: It was really eerie. They did a a pretty good job. I was creeped out.
1: Yeah. Well, the creepiest part is when he arrived.
0: When he arrived.
1: Obviously, we knew a new Fatui Harbinger was going to be involved, because that's been the M.O., And we probably knew it was going to be Dottore because of that Fatui trailer that was released, where at the end of it, Pantalone is like, where's the Dottore in the prime of his life? And it like cuts to Dottore burning down the immersal tree, and you're like, what's going on? But but he showed up, and I started yelling, and I was just screaming. I kept, like, chanting Dottore. Because he's the first like really fucked up villain that we've had in Genshin Impact. And my reasoning you don't for that
0: is child is fucked up.
1: No, my reasoning for that is Senora was a very compelling villain. We do not see her until the very end of the Mondstadt prologue. And the next time you see her, she's dead. <laughs> so like not a lot of stuff there. Child was not a compelling villain in the sense that they didn't paint him as the villain, even at the end. He always was, like, allied to the Traveler, even if his, like, intentions were whatever. Like, he was, and he's a playable character already, so, like, very not the same. Scaramouche, I think, is a very compelling villain, but we only learned what made him compelling after we had met him.
0: We don't know that much about him, yeah.
1: Yeah, and most of what we know is with no context, so I'm not super into that, but, and- I will say, Dottore falls in a similar thing where a lot of what I know about him is from the webcomic, so, like, you could say, in-game he doesn't have a lot of context, but that man is really just, like, fucked up. Mm. He was kicked out of the academia, which we will find out in this quest is not above torturing people to get what they want, because they thought the things that he was doing crossed the line. <laughs> so, like, out, you know, Kale, she's talking about the doctor, she's talking about Dottore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, took her in, it's really sad because you hear about it a little bit from Tainari, but like her family turned to the Fatui because they were basically like, we can help your daughter. And then for like multiple years, they never saw her again.
0: So sad. Um, yeah. So he basically, um, he's like, ah, I was able to use the Akasha terminal to basically create an illusion for all of the citizens of Sumeru, Mm -hmm. uh, and he, through this illusion, compels them to basically swarm the traveler and, uh, how did you say it? Ka- Kathita? <laughs> yeah. Kathita. Um, so Kathita has to play her hand, reveal that she's Nahida, gives us enough time to run away. And so we decide to run to Tainari because we're like, he is affiliated with the academia, but doesn't wish to return, so he could be an ally. And at this stage, for me, I show over there and I see the first cutscene of Tainari's uh story quest because I keep accepting them and not doing them in the moment. It's <laughs> very relatable. But after that, <laughs> but after that we find out that he's uh he's not he's not in the, in the place he normally is at. He's like traveled to a nearby, I think like c- city academia mm-hmm. outpost. I'm not quite sure what mm-hmm. you would call it. Um, I felt pretty bad saying bye-, bye to Kali at that point. She was like, you're here. And I was like, I'm here for your boss. Where are you yeah, at? Yeah, that's I'm where not he's here said. for long. She's like, my illness is getting worse. And I was, and then we're just like, okay, cool. Bye.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't worry. We met the person who's
0: responsible for that. We're like, okay. Don't yeah. do a lot. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The whole storyline with Hyphasia, I thought was like really weird that they kept like bringing her up and then they brought her back in this act three. Cause like, that's the reason Tainari was over there is like to keep an eye on her. Um, But it was super interesting because the cutscene that comes out of re-meeting Hephasia was like, whoa. Crazy. crest Basically, you're like surrounded by a bunch of Aramite. Or actually, no, you might be surrounded by the Matra. Whatever. Some force who wants to kill you. And they're about to get into... Catherine which means they'd have access to Nahida and so there's like a really dramatic Hand exchange and Nahida Jumps into Traveler And you realize that Nahida's like trapped inside The palace like literally they've Trapped her body Um, But before that you have the conversation With Hapasia where you find out Why they've trapped her Potentially or like why they don't Want her getting out and it's because they're Literally building Mech, A
0: god mech
1: datore is like creating a god out of scaramouche there's like a horrible cutscene about how scaramouche was abandoned by his mom and then he was abandoned by a friend and then a little boy he was friends with died and he took that personally <laughs> and you're like okay
0: yeah, that one was the most fucked up i was like yeah yeah isn't his mom like canonically right in right in? yeah yeah, first one, I was like, yeah, right and fucked up. Second one, I was like, sorry, this guy hurt you like this. Third one, I was like, this is a child, my dude.
1: <laughs> a child who died. <laughs> yeah. So that was crazy. And then they were like, basically, we need the divine capsule to uh, do that. And then Haytham goes, did somebody say divine capsule? And appears at Carvon Rabat. And you're like, whoa, how did I get here? Um, And then we go into The, the desert. desert. And the desert is crazy. The cutscene that happens when you first go into the desert is like, you're walking with Hottie, and all of a sudden this dude comes out and attacks him, and then they do a little fight, and you see Sino, and he's like, General Mahamatra, and you're like, more titles that I will not remember. <laughs> and they're fighting, and then Dehia comes out, which I'm not sure that's how it's literally pronounced, but they pronounce it Diha in-game, and I don't think that's correct. So I'm going to say Dahia. And she's like, hey, you two, stop fighting. But then they get on her nerves, so she starts fighting them. And then Candace comes out. And she says, shut the fuck up, everyone. <laughs> no fighting in my village. And then the sandstorm appears. And so we spend, like, ten minutes of the quest indoors <laughs> in, in the, like, village elders oh God, house. Truly... And you keep coming back to that part.
0: Yeah. There's, like, a cool, like, more, like, political intrigue stuff where you, like, ask the village for help. Uh, Dea or whatever, however they wish us to say the name, like, takes us on a little uh excursion to, like, catch some folks involved with the the Red King's, kidnapping. like, conspiracy and the, the kidnapping going on. Uh, she just proves time and time again that she's a badass and she's super cool and that I should vote yes. for her when she's on the banner. So I'm really happy for her. And I believe it, like... Like they're trying I'm getting ahead of myself you come back and then you spend the day with Ahitham um, figuring out like learning all the things that he's learned about the people who've been kidnapped oh yeah um, because
1: Ahitham gets to the village with you and then like fucks right off immediately
0: it's very like they're like trying to cur- cultivate a sense that you can't trust any of these people but the issue for me is that one I like them all uh and two, I'm like, if I if I wasn't supposed to trust them, then why would they be designed like playable characters? Yes. Yep. Why would yep. they be on the new mm-hmm. banners? I trust all of these people with my life in my wallet, so mm. Except Child. Except Child. Um <laughs> uh, but even he ended up being like an okay guy at the end. He's a friend at the end. He's just your sketchy pal. Um but It all sort of culminates in you having to go to um, this abandoned hospital a while away. Do you want to talk about this part, Layla?
1: Yes, that was the other part that had me screaming. You, first of all, the fact that we did this with Hytham and not Sino was great for me and my personal (laughs) preferences, but you get to the abandoned Elazar hospital, which as a reminder, Elazar is the disease that Cole and a couple other people have. Like Junior Zod also has it. We've met a couple people who have it or have been afflicted by it. And the like, our conquest part of it is like, oh, this is where the scholars are or the village keepers have been, the mad scholars. And then you only find one who's not a village keeper and you're like, ah, dead end. But once you have that cutscene. They're, like, expecting you to go back to uh, Aru Village. But if you don't and you uh. look around a little bit, you find... Have you not done this part? <gasps> okay, well, I will be spoiling no, this say, for you. Say
0: it out loud. Say it out loud.
1: If you poke around for a little bit, you find... First of all, you find a bunch of, like, redacted...
0: Oh, I found those, yes.
1: Uh, ...notes that heavily imply to used to work here. And two, you find a key. If you take the key and open the drawer on the first floor of the hospital, it details that one of the... Elazar patients, the only one who survived, escaped. And then Paimon is like, Holy fuck, we should find out how he escaped. And you go through this series of underground ruins where you're just like fighting a bunch of like the the new enemies in the desert, by the way. So weird. Like little dragons. <laughs> out of nowhere. And then you're fighting a bunch of the scorpions and you're going about and seeing this like escaped Elazar survivor carving into the stone that he is like. An abomination. Now, the reason he says that is the way that Dottore cured him is by doing a full organ and skin graft based off of the other people who were at the Elazar Hospital.
0: I- I'm making, I'm making a yeah, face.
1: Straight up, replaced his entire arm. Gross. And so, um, he's like, I don't understand why my friends had to die. A big survivors' guild, obviously terrified of Dottore, escaped. Eventually, you get to the end where he like escaped out back out into the open of the desert and it's implied that he survived and like made it somewhere you find the pickaxe that he left and then you get a freaking secret achievement and i was like what so i would recommend you go back to the elazar hospital itself
0: after this podcast go do that spooky um okay that's wild i didn't do (laughs) (laughs) um but after that uh you i think regroup back in the sort of central town that like you have to keep coming back to mm-hmm. and um they have a big talk where um i'll hide them basically is like someone here is like a leading, mole yeah like a mole like leading academia to us um it's very tense everyone's like it's like the culmination of the like we should find everyone's sus subplot where they're all like, this is why you're sus. This is why you're sus. And I'm like, I don't think anyone's sus. I think if they did it, it was on accident. Which was, I mm-hmm. think, the case. Yeah. Um, we discover that. Um, that, like. Because Sino has, like, a very elevated. Or had, before he excelled himself. A very elevated oh, position. at Aca- The academia. Uh, they, like, detailed his activities. And, like, like, basically everything he did. Into the Akasha. And, um, like, we're using that information to track him, basically.
1: Yeah, uh, it was wild. They were like, we trained an AI to follow Sino.
0: Yeah, literally. Oh, we didn't talk about this in a moment, but I think it's important for us to note. Circle back. <laughs> um, When you first meet Sino, he's like, don't trust I'll hide them. He, like, he was given a mission by the academia to track the traveler. Oh, yeah. My thumb's like, it's true, but need I remind you? You were the one who chased after me. I had no. You ran into me. No yeah. interest, and the whole time I was like, "This is spicy."
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. If we're going back, I'm gonna go back further. When you're first, um, like m- emotionally manipulating that poor girl, and you do the, you do the fortune telling. They like have you talk to them as yourself first to learn. And I did. Um, can I do a love prediction? I did too. <laughs> like, did too. Well, yeah, the girl is like oh my god 600 people could be in love with you and I was like okay perfect <laughs> just
0: wanted to check I was telling um our friend who hasn't done the quest yet about this and I think I told it in like a strange way because they were like that's weird and I was like no it's like a joke it's funny it's mm-hmm. like meta. Mm-hmm. I guess it could be weird if you're not into that aspect of the game but I thought yeah. it was hilarious
1: I see but like we like, supremacy so I guess the kid was
0: either. like Very, like, not like a wow, so many people like genuinely shocked. Like, I did the math wrong.
1: Oh my god, yeah. And then she (laughs) was like, Sorry, the prediction was so bad, I'm not gonna charge you.
0: It's so funny. And Paimon's like, Deadpanning, like, No, I think that might be the most one of the most accurate predictions you've ever done. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: Anyways, the quest kind of gets long at this point because you're like going back and forth and looking for the scholars. It turns out the Aramites have him, they're like, We'll accept. Uh, an exchange if you give us Al-Haitham because he's the scribe or whatever and uh for some reason Dehia had to offer her left arm or whatever as her a bargaining right chip arm. her right arm oh yeah cuz then she would have Just had to, to play more with the left arm.
0: they had this wild ass shot like where everyone was in slow motion but there was like no like matching audio um mm-hmm. of like them approaching to like cut her arm off and everyone reacting in slow motion and then finally the like <laughs> leader of the ermites is like wait, wait 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 yeah we're not actually gonna do it and then Deha later with the group is like yeah I really was trusting they wouldn't actually do yeah. it yeah
1: I was banking banking a lot and then candace like yells at her and I was like nice
0: good for them <laughs> you love but to anyways. see the dynamic.
1: You, like, this quest makes you wait a bunch of days in game, so then finally you go to the middle of the desert. I had explored just the first part of the desert, so obviously when this freaking quest marker that appears, like, all the way on the other side of the completely unexplored, like, map not even lit up desert started, I was like, well, fuck. And so I trekked across the desert and I ran into, like, 16 new enemy types and, like, 15 new like mechanics and I was like, I don't have time for this. Yeah,
0: yeah, so I yeah. can't wait
1: to go back, explore, and go, how come I'm not getting a tutorial on these?
0: Truly, truly. But
1: you get to the cutscene, which you get to like the big mausoleum of the Scarlet King, and it's really beautiful. It's like the pyramids kind of. And then for some reason they were like, but you have to meet at the back of it. So you have to go all the way around. Yeah. And then a bunch more cutscenes happen. And then Al Haytham is like, Wow, Nahida a real god we kind of thought they were joking we kind of thought there was no god and the like stuff that happens in the scarlet king and we can talk about it a little bit but to me the best thing that came out of that was sino like realizing that The people of Sumeru have been like taking their Archon for granted. And she's been doing like so many tiny things to help individuals like have better lives. And that was really touching to me because one of the things that made me really love Nahida is at the end of Act 2, she's like, I really want to be a good Archon like the other Archons, but I don't know how to do it. And I was like, girl, one of the Archons is like not even around anymore. He's just like fucked right off. One One of of the Archons retired. And one yeah. of the Archons
0: trapped her people for, like, 50 years. And also herself. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, um, my, like, quick recap, because this is the part I did right before we started recording, mm-hmm. is that um, they go to have an altercation, and then, like, Nahida, it's implied, like, because it's, like, green energy, she, like, safely transports us away from a random-ass earthquake, mm-hmm. uh, right to the entrance of the, like, Red King's, like, tomb. You do a dungeon that's like pretty chill Um and at the end of it you like see um a like someone's log uh, of what like actually happened when the Red King died which is that they never had a conflict which was like so, sort of like tension between the mm-hmm. his cultists and the like academia is that they believed that the Dedro Archon and their their leader were in conflict this whole time instead they were working together and the the red king decided to make a sacrifice in order to like keep it, it was a little vague it was a lot of text not gonna lie i was only a little bit some, <laughs> some sort of like dangerous information forbidden from, knowledge forbidden yeah. knowledge from the people and he sacrificed himself so that they wouldn't be like tainted with that um and then what i thought was interesting was that i feel like it was implied that um the deju archon then became uh nahida like in front of yes. the scribe because yes. he, he, yes, yes, he... Yes, yes. He talked about being like near the end of his life and being like when I close my eyes I see like the Dendro Archon, but like like and I see her like turning into like a small like childlike form. Yeah.
1: So one of the things that that was wild to me that that implied is like the Dendro Archon used up so much of her energy to like make sure the Scarlet King sacrifice actually like cleansed the Forbidden Knowledge or whatever that she like regressed into a baby and like didn't keep any of her memories and I don't subscribe to this. Theory necessarily, but I thought it was cool that it gives like potentially more merit or a new angle to this. People are saying that the unknown god is Paimon, right? And that we're gonna have a (laughs) trade at the end, whatever. But I don't believe that Paimon is like purposefully deceiving us. So the only way that I could accept that theory is the idea that like Paimon forgot that she was the unknown god, but there was no explanation for that until we have proof of some sort of godly creature like expending so much power that they lose their memories and so even though i don't believe paimon is the unknown god i could see the unknown god having to like expend so much energy either to cause the cataclysm or like right after the cataclysm or maybe before the cataclysm to trap our brother whatever that she like regressed into
0: paimon that would be so funny if it was paimon um i haven't heard these theories i've been staying away from like over ar- arching Lore speculation, just because it's really like too early to say. Although for people who get it right early, like kudos to you. I'm sure that's a lot of fun. um But yeah, I thought like I think with Nahida, that is probably the case that like she spent so much like energy that she became like a small version of herself, and she's been like recovering this whole time. And I think like it's very Genshin Impacty, and also just very like nice tying of loose ends if that is the case because like this whole arc of her being like I'm unsure if I'm like worthy of being um the dendro archon well you've been her all along and also mm-hmm. it would be very satisfying if that was like the end to like or like the, the outcome to the academia treating um treating her so poorly because they like miss their like old god well bitches it was yeah, her not the whole realizing, time. Yeah. I feel like I feel like they very strongly implied that. Uh, during that portion of the quest and i think it's going to be confirmed Mm -hmm. basically in the last in the last uh act
1: this is going to be the world's longest episode (laughs) that's the archon quest thank you for coming on our retelling good night
0: everybody and uh that's what you missed on glee
1: The official drip marketing for Nahida has begun, which is cool. Like, you know, she's probably going to come out in the next patch. Um, And I'm super excited. You know, as we all know, I'm very partial to one Archon. But I actually really like Nahida. First of all, Dendro, I love. It's, I think, still only rumored, maybe confirmed that she's a catalyst. I love catalyst characters. So, like, there's a lot of reasons for me to pull. The biggest reason for me to pull, though, is that they tease this character out of nowhere who I've never heard of before. (laughs) freaking name is Layla so immediately I was like okay cool I am enough of a narcissist that that's like convincing to me but also she's adorable so it was like a double whammy.
0: she's so pretty her design is very nice the dark blue is very pretty I didn't think you were being a narcissist but at first I was like (laughs) is Layla interested in pulling for this character because they share a name and then like I think you grew attached to more aspects of her design so I was like oh no silly me she just likes the design the name is a coincidence.
1: <laughs> it is. It's a pure coincidence. No, I was really excited about, like, the Middle Eastern area, which we've already talked about some of that. Having a character whose name is my name. It's very cool cultural thing. Plus, she's adorable. Um, I, I'm really excited. I can't wait to find out she has zero synergy with my team and then still force her on to
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for you to pull for Nahida and Layla. I will probably also pull. Pull for Layla just because I like having all the four stars. Although uh, all of the Genshin content creators say this, but like never, never whale for a four star. So I will just, I will just go in hoping for a Layla.
1: Yeah, sometimes I'll do like a little. I get twenty pulls and we'll see what happens. And uh, that's how I didn't have a Goro for such a long time. It's also Aww. how I didn't have a Sync Show for a really long time, and then I got the Sync Show on the the event show. banner.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That I did a bunch of pulls on, and I got him to C6. <laughs> because I just pulled so much for Zhongli. I pulled for Zhongli. know this. I guess I could have assumed. Yeah, so I went from zero to C6. Crazy. But anyways, that's a, that's who that's I'm fun. super interested in. We do have Nilu coming up, um, like, right around the time this podcast is going to be released. She's really cute. Normally, I would pull for all the Hydro characters, but I have to be strong. I have to save for Nahida and Layla. And then after that, save for the inevitable release of al Hytham.
0: Yeah. My assumption is, you know, if they're good, they'll get a rerun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um. However long it takes. Uh, The other thing, I don't... Yeah, I think this wasn't the case. No, was this the case last time we recorded? Did I have Sino then? I don't think so. Okay, well, in case y'all didn't know, I'm a Sino haver. I saved up, like, 15 pulls, and then I got the last like 10 or something from like the monthly shop reset and all of the like Apollo gems and stuff they have been giving out. (laughs) So yeah, it took like 25 pulls from pretty high pity. I definitely like reached soft pity and then surpassed it. Um, But yeah, I got Sino specifically because I was like, his move set animation reminds me of a character from Kingdom Hearts, and that's <laughs> really fun and nostalgic for me, so I pulled for him, and I was working towards pulling for him for a while.
1: That's actually, that's really good to know. I'm going to use that to jump off and talk about my pulls, which is that I've been slowly building pity on the standard banner because I never spend primogems on the standard banner. I yeah. only spend the free wishes, so like I do five pulls a month or whatever um plus the shop reset every month so i guess i do 10 a month and so i hit 75 pity recently and i was like hand over your five star right now i had to go up to 80 i think but i got a weapon which was amazing which because did i you really get? i want more five star weapons i really was like primordial J. wigs spear come right into my lap and then i got fucking ammo's bow <laughs> But it's okay. The internet told me that it was better on Child if you don't have a C5 Rest, which I don't have. So I spent two weeks getting my Amos bow to level 90 only for Child to just be slightly better than my previous build because his artifacts are more of the issue. So Yeah. But I have a level 90 Amos bow on a level 81 Child, so it's okay. It looks nice on him. It's
0: blue. Yeah, that's that's makes it worth it. Okay, so for our community topic, our question for ourselves in the community is if you were studying ac- the academia what would your specialty be what would your major be what would you study what's your that's literally what it is <laughs> what's your academia sona um <laughs> we should do a what's your genshin sona <laughs> yeah episode and but for this one specifically what's your academia sona Layla pulled together um a little a little chart explaining what all of them are and their colors and their crests any known sages tied to them the tldr for what they are is like there's the
1: green crest which is uh, specialized in biology the blue crest which is called illuminationism but it's like astrology it's kind of what mona does and actually it's what we figured out um layla does from like her small character teaser which is very cool uh, the red crest is elementalism, that's like the study of ley lines, how elements interact in the world. The black crest is semiotics, which is what uh, Al-Haytham studied. Uh, it's like languages. If you remember in the quest, he's like, <laughs> you have to speak 20 languages to graduate. Just um, casual. But it's also like that etymology, stuff like that. Then you have the yellow crest, which is etiology. I'm not quite sure how that's said, um, but that's like social sciences, like history, humanities, things like that. And then the white crest is technology which is both like i my understanding of it is like ruined machines but also like literal human technology like architecture puzzles things like that
0: you study who the fuck designed this puzzle (laughs) all right do you have an idea of what you would study i have a short list I have
1: an idea of like what I think I would study versus what I would probably end up studying, which is um, I think like in a different world, I really would have been a biology girl. (gasps) The only reason I didn't study biology more in like school in real life is because I didn't want to be a doctor and I didn't want to work in a lab. And those are kind of (laughs) like the two options. But I would definitely be a biology girl. I would go with the green, you know, the amurta. Um, and I would work with Tainari and I would be like a forest ranger and it would be really fun and I would be like the equivalent of zookeeper <laughs> to that.
0: You'd be a zoologist.
1: But realistically, I think I would probably study either semiotics or etiology because I really like, you know, the humanities, liberal arts vibes. I like being unemployed. <laughs> Picturing an alternate.
0: Stop! You're employed! Don't, don't, mis- don't mislead them! Um... I'm picturing an alternate universe, Layla, who studied uh, biology, became a zoologist, and mm-hmm. uh, worked at the <laughs> worked at the animal kingdom at Disneyland or Disney World. Yeah, the dream. Honestly, the coolest, the coolest uh, Disney college program like assignment probably would be <laughs> being like a zoologist, biology major in that area. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other topic. Okay, I. Feel kind of similarly to you, where I was looking at semiotics before you explained everything, and I was like, "Ooh, like, like, I know what semiotics are, like, in real life, like, maybe <laughs> that'd be kind of interesting." But then you explained it, and I was like, ah. "I took a linguistics class in my real life school, uh, and I tried to learn a language in my real life high school, and I just, I think it's interesting, but I could not, for the life of me, study it. Like, if I." If I watched like a lecture series about uh, linguistics or semiotics, I would probably be interested. But if I had to write a thesis for it, no fucking way <laughs> Um, so I have to let go of that fantasy. I'm not gonna be like the dorm down the hall from <laughs> I'll hide them in his roommate. Um, that's just not in it for my academia sona. My other thought was, this is a short list. I'm gonna say a few. I'm sorry, I'm cheating. Uh, I also was like etiology because I was like, that's the most like what I studied in in my real life college, Um, which is interesting. I think I would enjoy that. Um, But if I if I if I how do I put this, if I let go of all sense of realism and I'm just like, what do I think would be like fun? I think Mm -hmm. elementalism would be cool. Because um, yeah. it's magic. It's literally the study of magic. I guess yeah. you could argue it's chem, but I don't want to hear those arguments because as soon as you no. say it, I'm no longer interested. Yeah, it's magic.
1: I think that's great. I think um red and yellow, great colors, go together. Oh gosh, <laughs> we would you're right. Impress.
0: You know what would have been cooler though? Blue and gold. Oh, go
1: bears. <laughs> okay, well, Layla, Layla, Layla Genshin Impact is studying illuminationism illuminationism yeah so they're blue and gold
0: it's very interesting since it's a as far as as we know fictional um, study but I think it's just not my vibe I know uh, the people on Twitter are like determined that people understand that their version of astrology is not like our earth astrology Mm -hmm. but even then I just don't know if it would be my vibe but it seems really cool I'm excited to learn more about it through Layla
1: Mona's like scrying into people's futures. Like, listen, if that's how regular astrology worked, maybe I would care about not being
0: a Libra rising or whatever. You're not a Libra rising? That's so interesting. I don't think so. Considering your personality. Oh.
1: So yeah. (laughs) Let us know what uh where you would study or maybe where you would like never set foot. I have
0: a follow up question before we move on. Do you think if you were actually in the Genshin world, if you would like that you would want to go to the academia? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I am so ever since I left school, I have been worse <laughs> off. Not because I'm like not in college anymore, but my brain requires the uh controlled freedom freedom of something like school, where they're like, here's what you're going to be doing for up to eight hours a day, right? Like in high school, it's eight hours. But like in college, it's like six, even like four. And then the rest of the time you do whatever the fuck you want with people who are about your age in an extremely walkable neighborhood. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. So we got to Samara City and people were talking about how like they take a trip to Port Ormos to like celebrate the end of their studies and like decide what they're going to do their PhD on. And I was like, fuck, I want to do that so bad.
0: Okay, that's really cute, and I knew you liked school, so that's why I was curious. I was like freaking out by how like gung ho some of the characters were. Where they Mm -hmm. were like, "I would die if I didn't make it into the academia," and I was like, "I was like, this is taking me back to high school, taking me back to, and like." What I, I acknowledge what I'm about to say sounds disparaging, but like full respect to people for being ambitious. And I think they all ended up going to good schools, but like people I remember from high school who were like, I swear to God, if I don't get into this one specific IV, like it was all worthless. Um mm-hmm. it gave me that kind of energy while was playing the game, which made me not want to do it. That's super fair. But to your point, there isn't there hasn't been a lot of overt like canonical lore about other schools in the area like every every yeah. scholar is from this place technically Kuki went to leeway to learn about law
1: that's true that's true we did know that and she had a graduation ceremony like two years late but i'm gonna say this the academia has lisa <laughs> technically
0: true that's so, interesting
1: that might be worth it
0: Much should think about i would love lisa's job as a angie sexy librarian yeah
1: I would love nothing more than to learn that, like, Lisa went to school when Datoria was there. I would love that lore. Because they're, like, approximately the same age, quote-unquote, I say, because everyone in Genshin either looks like they're 25 or 80, and there's no in-between.
0: <laughs> I think you should write it into being, Layla, with all that free time you have.
1: Yeah, let's go. <laughs> all right. What are, you, uh, what are you playing other than uh, a College Simulator? Uh, Kenshin Impact uh, College Simulator?
0: Yeah. It'd be really fun if I was playing Fire Emblem right now and I could be like, uh, other College Simulator, Fire Emblem. But I'm not, okay? I'm playing Splatoon 3. I'm a squid, I'm a kid, I'm a squid, I'm a kid. <laughs> um, the win rate is about 45%, so maybe one That's day That's good! Maybe, maybe one day it'll be 55%. It genuinely depends on the time of day I play. My theory is that mm-hmm. if I play later in the evening it's just like people who go too hard on it
1: uh-huh. and people who stay up to play young.
0: Yeah, i need to play it at like at like three because that's when all <laughs> the middle schoolers are when all the children playing. are playing yeah listen i to any middle schoolers listening because technically genshin is 13 plus mm-hmm. i get that for a lot of teenagers the bedtime is more of a suggestion but i also followed my bedtime more when i was that age so i'm just that's what that's what i'm basing these speculations on that being said i love playing against uh playing playing a game and being like these are all kids i just got splatted by kids like yeah it's uh, so fun and incorporating that in my personal trash talk never mm-hmm. I, not on the voice chat i would never do that to anyone yeah, least of all myself but it just makes it more fun for me whenever I'm splat to be like, "Ah, oh, this, this, this four-year-old just got me good. <laughs> well, that's really funny that you
1: mentioned that because up until like two days ago, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about on the podcast. And then I like flew back from where I was staying and played Splatoon single player the entire time. Yay! And I, Splatoon First Splatoon game, right? So I don't know any of these people, but clearly the characters in the single player campaign are like callbacks to the older games. And I was like like smiling and nodding as they were talking <laughs> to me about stuff that I probably should know. And then I was like, okay. Um, but one of the things about the Splatoon single player campaign is that mm-hmm. for some of the um, levels, they lock you to a specific weapon. Yeah. And one of the first ones they do is the freaking bow. And yeah. I've failed that level three times because I do not know how to play with the bow.
0: Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. Well, well, like, you get
1: three lives, and I was down me, to my last life.
0: To be fair, it's a new weapon, and I've heard mm-hmm. people who play a lot of it aren't particularly fond of it yet. They like, mm-hmm. oh no! I spilled <laughs> my water, but it wasn't near any electronics. <laughs> um, okay, we'll just leave that for now. <laughs> We're almost done. Yeah. Um, the, The bow is new to this game, so I think most people are not very skilled at it yet.
1: Okay, that makes me feel better. Thank you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i've heard that the the single player mode is like really good for if you're like a beginner and you want to learn because it gives you yeah. like such yeah. an overview of all the different ways to play so like now you probably have a really good idea of like or when you finish it you'll have a really good idea of what your preferred weapon is and your preferred. yes
1: tool. i'm super excited about that and i think the end of the single player campaign is what gets you that cute little bear hoodie B R B got a
0: single player. I'm so <laughs> sad because I know I haven't been playing enough to get the dab emote by the end of the by the end of the battle pass. Yeah, devastating. Same. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at @adastra_podcast.
1: Make sure to follow us on Spotify to know when the next episode is live and to show your support. And, and thank, thank you, you for completing you your, your daily commission. commission.